Very, very excited about that. You never know when the holiday weekends come along. I don't know if it rained and people didn't get to go away or I don't know if they came back just because, you know, they love Jesus. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. We are in a, uh, what we're going to call a period of transition, getting to know uh, a new way of life minus uh, one of our staff members. So uh, I have been rocking and rolling through that this morning. So if I seem a little uh, on edge or, or over the edge, that's just because I've had more coffee than I needed to. I got up sooner than I needed to. Things didn't go like I needed to, but uh, pretty excited, pretty excited. You know how, how guys get when they when they uh, fix a tire, fix a flat or something, or cook dinner and they come in like, hey, well, this week, we, uh, three weeks ago, we noticed the uh, stench. There was a stench in recent months. Uh, it began to emerge, and we were like, oh, no, you know, the pipe's backed up again. It's back in the concrete wall. We're going to have to call the plumber. We're going to get the Lex Ruder back down here, and, you know, half our offering's going to go to the poop people. And so, you know, so uh, it didn't get any worse. So, you know, earlier this week, Monday or Tuesday, I... I, I, I walk into the, the, the men's restroom in, in, in here, and I am struck by a satanic smell <laughs> from the pits of where Satan lives. This aroma rises and continues to rise and forces me back out the door. Oh, but I remember, I have a friend, Danny Mink used to work on this kind of thing. And about five years ago, upstairs, we had the same problem. And I thought, man, there's no way a child did this. No way. And he said, here's what you do. Here's what you do. So I went and got me a giant cup of water. I went right in there to the drain pipe and I poured that whole cup of water down in there as if I was some plumbing God. And that stench went away. The trap had dried out. Everything from the church was rising up into the men's room and that would have sent all sinners running and we want them to stay. So we have, we have repleasanted the restroom as best we can before somebody, you know, tears it up. So, hey, welcome to NBC. We take care of the stink, okay? It's what we do. Uh, also today, um, we're gonna do things a little different and it's amazing how God works. About five to seven weeks ago, I was overwhelmed in, in, in reading a book at, at the things that we take for granted that God calls us to do as churches, right? And I preached a sermon a couple weeks back and I was like, please listen, because this is where we're going. We're not going to stop doing music. We're not going to stop doing kids ministry. We're not going to stop having events. We're not going to stop doing fellowship, but we are going to make sure that the scales are not just balanced, that they lean heavily in favor of what God calls churches to be. And God calls churches to, to gather in small communities. God calls churches to gather for the celebration of worship. God calls churches to publicly read the scriptures that he gives to us. God calls churches to pray together, all right? And last week, Ashley Martin, who uh, was, was leading worship up here, she, she said, hey, what, 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 are you, you know, what are you gonna do? As a member of the worship team, she said, I, you know, I hadn't heard anything. I said, well, I know what I'm gonna do next week. And God has already provided uh, helpers for us. Uh, we have all but two weeks through August where we have musicians coming to take care of our worship. It's done. And that's amazing, but not today. 
not today because God had already laid on my heart what we needed to do. I told the elders three months ago, Preston resigned a month after that and we had an empty week here and I was like, I know what God's doing. This morning, this morning, Ashley says, you need to know what today's verse was. And this is what she sent to me because we are focusing on the public reading of scripture and prayer. She sent this verse. After they prayed, the place was shaken. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God boldly. That was the random verse that she gets today. Today. I, I, I speak upon you this promise. The word of God is living. It's alive. I can't explain it. I don't want to try. I just know that it is. Water's wet. Sky's blue. Women have secrets. The word is alive. <laughs> it is sharper than a two-edged sword. So when it comes at you, there's not a lot you can do. It penetrates to divide the soul. And this is where we begin to look, right? The reason the word divides the soul is we begin to look at our Adamic nature, our sinful nature, and our spirit that God has in us as believers. And God says, I will not force, but I will ask you to choose. And I can take this one and it can be corrected. It can be rebuked. It can be trained. And I will take this one and I will pour my spirit into it and it will rise up. It judges the thoughts and the attitudes of the heart. Before people come to read scripture today over us, and that will be our worship, the reading of scripture and prayer. I wanna key in on this promise. I wanna key in on this promise. Blessed. This is what God wants to do. This is a dad uh, on a Christmas morning going, I can't wait for the kids to wake up and watch their faces. Blessed are the ones who read aloud the words of this prophecy and blessed are those who hear it and take to heart what is written in it. Be blessed today. There will be music. See, but way more powerful than what I will preach, way more powerful than what we will ever sing are the words you will hear about the scriptures, about God, about Jesus, and about you today. Let his word cover you. Let it draw you near to him. And as a family today, we are gonna celebrate the public reading of scripture and prayer. When the last words are read, the altar will be open. Some of it I will guide, some of it I will not. And then we'll dig in. Okay? Father, may the words of our mouths and the meditations of our heart be pleasing to you. May your Holy Spirit wrap around us and squeeze us like a, like a, like a python, God that just squeezes. May your Holy Spirit squeeze us and may everything that is negative and not of you be, be forced out and may we breathe in all that you are. 
May we be blessed because we followed your instruction. May we be blessed because of our obedience. May we be blessed because greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Thank you. 
And though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet to all who received him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Children born of not the natural descent, nor of human descent, or of husband's will, but born of God. The Word became flesh and made his world among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son, who came from the Father, full of grace. Prayer can be about celebrating.
Prayer can be about thankfulness. Prayer can be about pleading, begging. Prayer can be about intercession, standing in the gap between someone who's not quite there and stretching your hand out to Jesus for them. What will you pray about today? My hope is that there will be something on your heart, that the scriptures will have stirred something in your spirit that, that you need to work on with you. But, but more than that, maybe you just need to listen to the still small voice of God. We, we set up prayer as if we're talking to God. No, half of prayer is talking to God. The other half is listening. So may you pray with your ears this morning. May the word not return void. There's some members of our churches who have had to make their way to the emergency room and who are even now in the hospital. There are members of our church who will go and spend five days out in the middle of nowhere, Kentucky, uh, sitting, praising, playing, praying before the Lord. There are men who are gathering weekly to try their best to, to step into the role as the heads of their household and lean in to both physical nourishment and spiritual nourishment. There are staff members who are uh, expanding their roles, at least for a time, and need strength, courage, prayer, encouragement, love. There are husbands who are struggling. There are wives who are hurting. There are children who are questioning. Jesus said, ask, and I'll give the nations to you. All right, what will you ask for today? Let's take some time. Let's pray. Don't be afraid of the altar. It's been sprayed down. There's no cooties or corona down here. Open yourself up. Let's pray. One of the most difficult things, one of the most difficult things to do in, in, in worship, in corporate worship is to, 
is to move a little bit outside of your comfort zone. <laughs> Especially when the Spirit draws, because He always draws us to do things <sighs> that we can only do with His help. But maybe right now in your head is, <sighs> in your head is somebody who's in this room that you just feel led to pray for. Like, hey, I just feel led to pray for you. Or maybe, maybe you need someone to pray with you. There's a, a small group person or a person you've seen across the room or a, or a spouse and you can look at them no matter how hard it is and say, hey, I, I, need, I need you to pray. Would you pray for me? Maybe it's a parent. Maybe, it, maybe it's an elder. But you, would, would, would you let the Spirit move in you now and guide you to someone, something? And if He asks, would you move? Would you move from where you are to where they are? Would you, would you invite them to join you before the throne of God and experience the awakening that occurs when we come together before the Lord? Would you pick someone in the church family, someone in the small group that you attend right now? Would you just, would you just pray for them? Would you pray, pray that God would bless them? Would you pray that God would grow them? Pray that God would embrace them? Pray that God would free them? Would you do that now?
Would you pay for the parent? Maybe a single parent, maybe a, a set of parents, maybe parents who have m multiple children who are trying to do life when work and kids. Would you, would you pray for their peace and their sanity and their hope? I know it's not typical, but I'd love to ask you to, to, to pray for Preston. Would you pray for Preston and for the Clay family today? Would you pray God's abundant blessings over them? Would you pray that he does more than we could even hope for and that they could even imagine in, in, in their lives? Because that's what God wants. Would you pray for the words that will be spoken today? That they might find root and that they might make fruit. Amen and amen. So last week uh, we talked about healthy church and we ran through 10 things, eight of which we focused on a little bit, two of which I told you we get to this week and next week. I also told you that anybody who's been watching, being around our church, uh, uh, wanting to come to our church, that if they were here this Sunday and next Sunday, they would automatically be uh, qualified, so to speak, uh, beyond coffee and covenant. What I mean by that is if you want to be a member of NBC, you got to come to Coffee and Covenant and we kind of tell you what the church is. We say, this is who we are. This is what we do. This is what you can expect of us. This is what we expect of you. All right. We don't exist as a country club. You don't pay your dues in a plate that you pass and get a vote at the annual meeting. It doesn't work that way. All right. God lined things out for us and we want to make sure that everybody knows what their role is and what their job is. They, we also want you to know what we believe and what we, what we don't believe. Okay. And so all of these things will be gone over the next couple of weeks. They say in healthier churches that uh, we are reminded of who we are about once a year. Now, that seems sometimes a little much to me, especially after 10 years. The first few years I did that. But it's been about three years since we visited this. And so we're going to do so. Now, the first thing we're going to look at, all right? The first thing we're going to look at is the essentials. The essentials. And here's what I mean by that. You may have heard about churches that really struggle with uh, what color they're going to paint the fellowship hall, all right? You may have heard about churches who struggle with whether or not they should remove the hymnals from the pews, all right? You may have heard uh, about churches who struggle with things like whether or not they should wear the choir robes, not wear the choir robes. There should be a tie on the preacher. There should not be a tie on the preacher. We don't do that. 
We don't do politics. We don't do uh, errant scriptural stuff. We just don't do that, okay? Now, if there's something you disagree with, all right, if I speak on a topic like divorce or I speak on a topic like abortion and you wanna have a conversation with me about it, that is great. Let's do it. Let's sit down and dig into the word together. But since I have the microphone, what I say is what we believe here. And if I make a mistake, I will stand here and I will say I made a mistake and we'll do it again. But we don't fight, we don't argue, and we tell you, you're not going to agree with everything. That's what growth is. I used to think this way, and now I think this way. I used to believe, but I've been transformed by the renewing of my mind, okay? But there are five things, five things, call them essentials, call them non-negotiables, call them hills to die on that we will not argue about. They're not open for discussion, okay? And if you don't believe these five things, there is zero reason for you to get out of bed and go to any church, much less this one, okay? That's why we lay this out, okay? And they are simple and they are, are full of life and we will hear them and we will see how the scripture backs them up, okay? Here are the five essentials, the hills to die on for Nicholasville Baptist Church. God is. Now, this is the only one that stands alone like this. There's going to be God is, Jesus is, the Bible is, but God is actually stands alone. That's why he says, tell them I am, all right? I was, I is, I is to come. I was before there was time to call me was. I have always been, all right? There is no verb for what I am, all right? But he is the author and perfecter of our faith. He is the creator of the universe. He is the one out of which everything came, all right? In the beginning, when time began, God, who already existed beyond our fathoming, created, he didn't paint, he didn't mold, he didn't sculpt, all that requires stuff. There was no stuff, there was only him, the community of him, which we'll explain later, and out of him came everything, God is the father of everything, the author, protector of our faith. God said, let there be light. Guess what? There was light. God said, let there be expanse. And there was. God said, let the waters and sky be gathered in one place. God said, let the light in the vault of the sky separate the day from the night. God said, let the water teem with living creatures and the birds fly. God said, let the land produce creatures according to their kinds, livestock, things that move along the ground, wild animals. And so it was. And God said, let us make man. Everything that has been made comes from God. That is not negotiable. Jesus is. Jesus is the Son of God. Jesus is also God. Jesus is the pathway by which all things were created. He was, without a doubt, with God 
in the beginning, at the moment all things were created, he already existed as well. First three verses, we find God the Father, God the Son, God the Spirit. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was formless and void, and the Spirit of God hovered over, and God said, let there be light. When the Word left his lips, that was Jesus becoming what Jesus would become. The Word of God is Jesus Christ. It is his scripture, and it is his son and they are in an unfathomable way separate but inseparable Jesus is God himself he is the pathway by which all things were made by him all things were made apart from him nothing that has been made has been made in him was life and that life was the light of men the word became flesh this is when he became the son of God on earth with skin, 100% divine, 100% human, lived, died, rose again, and has gone to prepare a place for us. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. God is the creator of the universe. Jesus is his son who lived, died, and rose again, and he is the way by which all men are saved and the Holy Spirit is. The Holy Spirit is the counselor. The Holy Spirit is Casper, the super friendly spiritual ghost. The Holy Spirit is the way by which his people now hear his voice in their soul, in their phroni, in their center. The Spirit speaks to us and you're like, well, I don't, I don't, I don't hear the Spirit. Well, that's because you haven't spent enough time listening to the Spirit, reading the Word of God, knowing what He might say. I tell the teenagers all the time, it's like listening to a song. If you listen to an artist long enough, right, they could come out with a brand new song and you would still know who was singing because a sheep knows my Voice, the voice, know my sheep. You just know the more time you spend, the more you will hear and the more you will comprehend. If you only spend two minutes a week with your wife, you can't expect to have a good relationship. Two minutes a year, even worse. Two minutes a decade, even worse. You don't have a wife. But some of you think you have a relationship with Jesus on your 30 seconds a week. The Holy Spirit is the part of God, the, well, he is God too, who speaks to us now while Jesus has gone to prepare a place for us. I will ask the Father and he will give you an advocate. Listen, an advocate. He speaks on your behalf. He speaks to you because of who God is. He wants to advocate for you in this life, to bring you toward where God is. He doesn't want you to be separate. All this I have spoken while still with you. The advocate whom the Father will send will teach you all things and remind you of everything I have said. And when the advocate comes, the spirit of truth, 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 truth. I can't say it enough. Truth follows with him. How do you know what the truth is? The spirit of God advocates for it. One of the greatest problems we have in our world today is that truth is relative. Chris can have his truth. Rick can have his truth. Heather can have her truth and Cassandra can have her truth and they can all be true. That is not truth by definition. The Holy Spirit advocates for 
truth. And the truth is Jesus, who is the word of God that we know by the word of God. The Bible is. The Bible is the sufficient, living, active, never incorrect. And there's a difference between literal inerrancy and spiritual inerrancy. I will not get into that. You can bring me passages where the numbers don't add up. I get it. I get that. That, 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 that does not take into account generational gaps. It does not take into account rounding up or down. It is just what people do to help you think that there's an error in the scriptures. It's a math error, not a Jesus error. It is spiritually truth inerrant. It is not exhaustive because it would be longer than we could ever imagine, but it is sufficient. The scripture plus the author equals all that you will ever need. The Bible is all the things that Steve read about. The law of the Lord is perfect. The statutes of the Lord are trustworthy. The precepts of the Lord are right. The commandments of the Lord are radiant. The fear of the Lord is pure and the decrees of the Lord are firm. I say it, I'll say it again, I'll say it till I die, I'll keep saying it after that before the Lord. The Bible has never been wrong. Again, the Bible has never been wrong. Again, the Bible has never been wrong. Nothing that it has said has not occurred and nothing that it has said will occur will not occur. There's never been anybody who's proven any part of it wrong. They argue against it because they don't like it, not because they don't believe it. They've seen every eye in some way has seen. How do I know? Because Romans 1 tells me. Mother Nature herself. You cannot look around and not know that there was not an author, a creator. Didn't just happen. And Romans says that. The church is. The church is the community by which everything I just said is learned, celebrated, and sent. We don't argue about that. The church is the place where everything I just said, God, the Son, the Word, the church, everything is gathered, learned, grown, and thrown, all right? That is who we are. For just as each of us has one body with many members and these members do not all have the same function, in so in Christ, we who are many form one body and that body takes Jesus into the world. We all have a part in the body. And when the church gathered, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, fellowship, breaking of bread and prayer. And when they did, everyone was filled with all. All the believers were together, had everything in common because the focus of what they did was Jesus and that was the common denominator. They sold their property and gave it to anyone indeed, continued to meet in the temple courts and in their homes and they praised God and enjoyed his favor. When you make Jesus, God, the scriptures, the Holy Spirit and one another the priority and then obey him and go ye therefore, the church finds itself in all of the miracles and the power and the authority of what God does and who God is. It took about 12 minutes. Any questions? Okay. Then let's talk about how, what makes us sort of different, okay? Maybe not really different, but sort of different, okay? 
Every family has things that they like, all right? Even this morning, Heather has a shirt on that says it has mom and a baseball, okay? She is a baseball mom, okay? He loves baseball, right? And, and that's what they do during a couple of seasons a year. It is where their life goes, okay? Uh, Les and Sicily are not here today because they love the outdoors. They are in their pop-up camper by a lake with their children where there are fish because that's what their family loves. My family is a go somewhere kind of family, cruises or the beach. That's what we love, okay? My family, when we're at home, uh, my wife and I are food people and we are uh, a Netflix, Hulu, Disney Channel movie and show people, all right? We just watch, you know, The Big Bang Theory and Madam Secretary and a few other things on repeat. That's what we do. We're board game people. There are things that identify every family. Now, everybody I mentioned still has two hands, two feet. Everybody I mentioned still breathes uh, oxygen in and carbon dioxide out. But there are different things that, that we focus on as a family, okay? Those are the things I want to talk about. What, what do we focus on as opposed to what Catalyst focuses on? What do we focus on as opposed to what Edgewood focuses on or First Baptist focuses on or Southland focuses on? What do, we, what do we try to keep at the forefront? Okay, there are four things. I've never gone over the Greek side of this. So the first, this will be the first time in, in ten, nine and a half years that we've done the Greek side of this, all right? These are our core values, our family traits, the things that when we do an event, all right, it needs to fall under one of these things. When I preach a message, it needs to fall under one of these things. When we have a gathering, it falls under one of these things. When we lead a small group, whatever we're doing falls under one of these things. The first one is euphreno. Euphreno. Anybody know what that is? Party. Yep. This is party like it's 1999, all right? Euphreno is party. Euphreno is celebrate good times. Come on. Thank you, Cool and the Gang. We're adopting that as our mantra for how we gather, how we worship. I want to pastor a church that is not full of fuddy-duddies who sit and stare and wait for time to take off and go to the Golden Corral or what once was the Golden Corral. I don't want people trying to beat the Methodist to the Mexican, okay? That's not what we're looking for. We come together and we are, we, this is our attitude. Guess what? There was no music this morning. They read scripture over us and it was awesome. Joy to the world. That is Euphreno. And that is what we want. We want a place where when you see someone come in, and y'all have seen me do this all the time. So I used to kind of give me a hard time about it because if I saw somebody that I hadn't seen in a long time, I'd make a big deal out of it, all right? And then Johnny Ray would walk in, I'd be like, hey, Johnny Ray. And then, you know, somebody else comes in, and I'm like, hey, well, I haven't seen them in a while. It brings me joy. I wanted to bring you joy. The opposite of that is, oh, here comes, no. No, 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 don't bring your negativity all up in the joy house, all right? Say, would you pray over me, speak scripture over me, cast the demon out of me, glad to. You're like, oh, I don't have a demon. Yes, you do. You have the demon of bad attitude. Bad attitude? Well, Craig, that's not fair. They did something to me. Do not repay evil 
good with evil or evil with evil. Do not do that, but repay evil with good. Repay evil with good. Come on, grace, let God, that was hard passage she read. Hey, leave room for God to do what God does when he avenges. Don't be doing it yourself. So there was something that happened this week I can't tell you about, but I'd love to tell you about, but I'm super proud of one of our not yet, but should be church members. And I just totally jabbed at that person. And so I'm looking away, but I was super proud of something that they did this week because they had every right to choose self and they chose grace in public. And listen, I got prideful. I ain't gonna lie. And I didn't pray about it. I didn't ask for forgiveness for my pride. You know why? Because I was proud of what God did in my friend. And we're allowed to be proud, all right? And to jab, they're my friend too, okay? That's how we need to be living, acting, working. Euphreno, joy. I mean, we need to have the kind of place that we just play with it. You walk in the door, somebody's pouty face, you'd be like, hey, joy. Why you look like that? Joy to the world, sunshine. Well, I don't feel like it. Well, let's pray. <laughs> I'm gonna pray until you feel like it. You got milk in your cup. If I keep pouring Kool-Aid in there, eventually all the white stuff's gonna come out and it's just gonna be happy red. You pour enough joy in, we'll just wipe out that stuff. Jesus says, no, I can handle it. You might have to pray and fast because sometimes they don't come out by prayer and fasting, but that's okay. Some of you could, some of, you know, some of us could use some not fasting days, right? Some, I'm just saying. Joy. Anybody got any questions about that one? One of the core values of our church is Euphreno. Party, celebrate, joy. We want to do that. And, and fuddy-duddies are, are see, we can't say they're not allowed because there's no grace in that. But fuddy-duddies are prayed for and, 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 and changed, transformed by the renewing of something. Holy Spirit, gonna do work, all right? Somatos. Anybody? Anybody know what somatos is in the Greek? No, no, not tomato. <laughs> not tomato. I love tomatoes. Fresh tomatoes, San Marzano tomatoes, but no, this is somatos. Body, body. I, I, I dropped it in on you all morning. The body, okay? One of our core values is that we fully live out the body of Christ, that we become one body in him. And over and over again, Jesus uses it and Paul uses it to describe the church. And it, it looks like this. We are loving enough to tell a foot it does not belong on the front of the face. Do you get that? We are loving enough to tell the eye that it can't hear anything. We are loving enough to say, I know that you want to sing, but you can't. Now you are a great shelter. So maybe you need to be with middle schoolers. All right. 
You are a great listener. Maybe you need to, to, to be in our prayer ministry or maybe you need to be someone who is encouraging because everybody wants somebody who will pay attention to them and listen to them. Maybe your gift is the scriptures and maybe we need you in the word. Maybe your gift is prayer and we need you praying for every worship experience. Everybody plugs in where God created them to plug in. And if we do that, if everybody's listening to where God wants them and everybody's listening to what God wants them and everybody's standing with who God wants them, then the body forms itself. And God brings, you ready? God brings exactly the amount of servants, exactly the amount of money, exactly the amount of prayer, exactly the amount of, of, of administration, exactly the amount of everything that we need. The only reason a church is not in need is because the body is not doing what the body's supposed to do. If we're standing on one foot, it's because the other foot God sent us isn't playing foot. It's trying to play heart. If we don't have, it's because somebody who is supposed to be giving is not. If there's an open space in the back, it's because somebody who is supposed to be called to serve is ignoring it because they don't have time or they're not ready yet. Well, what if your leg just wasn't ready this morning? Well, why, why are you laughing? We're actually existing like this right now. We're existing right now because some of you are not giving, serving, and attending as God called you to do. You're not doing your part. One of the core values of our church is we want the body to be the body. And if I have to be Simon Cowell, I will. I want to be a comedian. You ain't funny. It's the most loving thing I can do for you. But I, mm -mm, no buts. No buts, no jokes, no nothing. I love thee. Thee needs to find another talent. I'm sure you have one. Let's look for it. We're going to be joyful. We're going to be the body. Come on. How about this one? You know this one. Logos. Word, word, okay, let me explain this one to you. When we say the word of God, what do you think of immediately? Huh? The Bible, okay, yes, but there, there's another, okay? When I say the word of God, everybody thinks the Bible. This is the word of God. We read the word of God today, and we believe that. More than 90% of the messages that have been preached over the last nine and a half years at NBC have been straight through the scripture. Why? Because we believe in it. We believe in its righteousness. We believe in its reality. We believe in its truth. And we believe that if I start doing things where I'm just saying things and using scripture to back it up, that's not gonna change lives. Scripture changes lives. And so we stick to the word of God. But it means something else. The word of God, as we read this morning, is also Jesus. Jesus is the word and part of healthy churches chasing after Jesus. Not Preston, not Craig, not Steve, not Chris Tomlin, not Billy Graham, not Kyle Eidelman, not Jordan Peterson. No, we're chasing Jesus. And so we believe that the word is the Bible and the word is Jesus and the Bible must match the person of Jesus. And when we get there, we will find everything that we need. So one of our core values is we stick to the word and that word must match 
the person of Jesus Christ from the time he landed on this earth until the time he left this earth and everything we know about him prior when he was with God in the beginning and everything we know about him now as he prepares a place. You see him in the revelation. The person of Jesus shows up in Revelation chapter one and he is still trying to teach his church. He is still trying. What do the letters do? They rebuke and discipline the church. They encourage and, and exalt the church. And then they call the church to be more. Jesus is still doing what Jesus does. So we believe in the logos, the word. And lastly, that word is diakoneo. Anybody? This one's pretty self-explanatory. What's the English word for this? Deacon. Diakoneo is the Bible word for deacon. Just in case you do not know what a biblical deacon is, it is this. Guy who feeds orphans, widows, cleans toilets, mows yards, and does all of the things that nobody else wants to do. Nothing about voting, nothing about board of directors, nothing about heads of the church, never in there. No fighting about males or females, not in there. Phoebe was a female, was also a diaconeo, happened more than once. It isn't by race, it isn't by color, it isn't by sex, it is by service. And we wanna be a church that serves humbly. Do justly, love mercy, walk humbly with our God. A core value of this church is that we serve. We drop to go. Okay? We call it the mission outside of ourselves. I want you to hear that phrase and know that phrase. The basis for our mission is humble service. But the idea of our mission is the true, the Holy Spirit break, breaking down of the great commission that God gave us before he went away. And that is to go ye therefore, make disciples, baptize them, teach them to obey. I've said it. Obey, I've said it. The teenagers are tired of hearing me say the word obedience, obedience. The elders are tired. I will never stop saying it, teaching them to obey everything, everything, everything. Well, that's not possible. Yes, it is. That's what Jesus means by I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Nothing to do with home runs and all-in-ones. Everything to do with the power to become everything he calls us to be. So we are to have the spirit of a diaconeo and be on a mission for everything that is unselfish. Let me say it again. The reason we say outside of ourselves is because we must be unselfish. Churches are dying today because they've turned inward. I want this type of music. I want this many things. I want VBS. I want contemporary worship. I want the pastor not to step on my toes. I want to keep my money. I want to serve only when I want to serve and be out here when I need to be out here because something's happening that I want to see. Stop. I love you. I care what you want and I will be there. You stop worrying about what you want. I am serving. You are selfish. You see it? 
Would you rather have 99 people looking out for you or one? 99. I'd rather have Chris Allen and Johnny Ray and Steve and Steve and Todd getting my back than me trying to get my back by myself. That's church. Stop worrying about you. Start worrying about everybody else. And now we've all got each other's backs. And I'm going to say one thing and I'm going to say it loud and proud and I don't care who it offends. As long as you're doing your part, I will never run out. As long as you are doing your part, there will always be food. There will always be shelter. There will always be money. There will always be the things that you need. Give us this day our daily bread. As long as you're doing your part. Diakoneo, humbly serving outside. All right. God is the creator of the universe. Jesus is his only son and it is by him which we are saved. The Holy Spirit teaches us now. He does that through the people in his church and his word. And that is how we become who we are in Christ until he either returns or we go to be with him because he is the way and the truth and the life and no one gets to the father but by him. There is a heaven, there is a hell and one of them is waiting on all those who know him and have a relationship with him. Here at NBC, we wanna do things with joy. We wanna be a part of the body. We wanna stick to the word of God and we wanna do it by serving. That is who we are. That is who we are as a body. Next week, next week I teach you about who I am and who you are as a member. What we're called to do biblically as a part of the church. Any questions? Yes. Yep. Fair, fair. Her point is well taken. Okay, hey, Craig, you said if you don't believe God is, Jesus is, the Bible is, then, and I think what I said was there's no reason for you to be here, okay? And in that, in the, I know why you're asking. In that vein, I stand corrected because we always want seekers, visitors, people who don't know, okay? But here's what is happening. There are people in this room who go, I'm, I'm happy to be here. I love being with you. And I actually don't believe in the Holy Spirit. There is only God and he is not three in one. We're not, what I'm saying is we're not the church for you. But I absolutely stand corrected in this. If there were ever a time when someone came into the church as an unbeliever, we would always want to serve them, love them, lead them to the truth as long as they are willing to follow. I couldn't be more, I couldn't be more thankful that you asked and I'm happy to stand corrected in, I would never want to say anything that would cause somebody to go, hey, I don't believe that stuff, so I'm not welcome here. That is not true, okay? But you don't need to join here, serve here and stay here if you don't believe those things. I'm happy to introduce you to Jesus and let you do whatever you got to do and work out life, but it's going to, my teaching's just going to hurt, just going to, you know, anger you. I mean, seriously. 
Uh, there have been people who come all the time and they say, look, I don't believe in, let's say, baptism. Okay, uh, we're gonna preach baptism here. Are you gonna be happy? No, that's what I mean. We're, we're probably not for you then, you know? Hey, I'm looking for a church that handles snakes and that, 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 that people get slain in the spirit every week. I love you, I hope you find it, but you won't find it here. God, yeah, that, that, that's, that's what I mean, okay? But thank you. That is worth clarifying and worth calling out. I will not ask for questions ever again. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. All right, couple things. who she is into that five-day span where we saw for three years between 15 and 30 kids that we see every week. <laughs>